little bit about ourselves is probably a good way to start. Tell us about yourself, Dan. Who are I you? I live on Long Island. I'm not from here. Massachusetts, originally. Married, two daughters, engineer by trade, and that's about it. All right. I'm Brad. I'm living in Utah, born and raised in Utah. Yep. Really gotten myself out there a lot. Been married to my wife for about nine years. We've got two kids, a boy and a girl, and I work in the tech field. All right. So how do we how do we meet Brad? Some of you guys might be familiar with the Order of Man podcast. Um, Ryan Mickler does it. Ryan's an awesome guy. Um, if you've listened to that podcast at all, there's something called the Iron Council. Um, both Dan and myself join the Iron Council at different points, um, looking for the ability to level ourselves up, surround ourselves with good to great men, um, to hold our feet to the fire for accountability, for all those things that you hear. And within the construct of the Iron Council, you are you can join a known as a battle team. So it's just a group of 15 guys that have adult conversations that hold each other accountable. Um, I stumbled my way into an initial battle team where Dan was a member. And needless to say, he thought I was a little bit of a weirdo. <laughs> um, Dan became a leader in a new fire team or a new battle team rather and went and joined that with our friend Cameron. And due to a conflict that I had, I, I joined that, that, that battle team, it's called Romulus. And Dan and I started talking. I was like, hey, that guy's pretty cool. He's all right, even though he's, he lives in Long Island. So we hit it off, um, became friends, got to meet each other in Maine, which was a pretty cool experience and felt like we've got something to share. What have I missed? I think that about sums it up. I think, uh... I think talking about our main experience a little bit is a good start to this podcast and kind of is a good kickoff to, to why we started this, this whole idea, you know? Um, so for those of you who, who don't know, right. Um, Brian runs iron council, like Brad said, um, order of man is the larger group that, that, that the iron council is kind of the special paid part of it, I guess, it, you know, it's kind of a more concise group where you've got access to battle teams and, some tools to, to help you grow as a, as a husband, as a father, as a man. Um, anyways, one of the parts of that is Ryan runs a, an annual gathering at his house in Maine. Um, there's about a hundred of us. Our battle team represented very well with about seven guys. And we spent was it three or four days just kind of going over the battle plans that we have going over kind of the, uh, the whole mindset as a whole of the, of the Iron Council and, and Order of Man. Um, and during that time, Brad and I had a good, good amount of time to spend together kind of just talking and getting to know each other more uh, than we had over the, the weekly calls that we have with the team. And I think that we both kind of felt that we had more to offer. And over the, the months after that, we've, we've been talking. And this podcast is the, is the end result. So... Uh, you know, the idea here, I think, for us is to touch on a lot of the topics that we've discussed personally, um, talk about some of the, the problems that we have uh, and, and how we go about fixing them, uh, you know, masculinity and, and being a man in general is, is the main topic here, right? And, you know, we chose the name Untaming Masculinity because 
in today's society, right, masculinity is kind of a bad word, I think, and it's and it's been tamed, you know, in my in my mind, anyways. The the idea of being a man and being masculine is not good, and has been kind of, like we said, tamed by society. So we what we want to do is kind of unravel that and and, and work on bringing back the true traits of masculinity as it pertains to being a father, being a husband, and being a, a, a man in the community. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you often hear the term toxic masculinity or how guys are assholes or different things like that. But at the end of the day, every man has within himself the capability of being great, right? Despite the messaging out there that men are subservient to females, that masculinity is frowned upon, that it is inherently dangerous, right? At the end of the day, we are men for a reason. Men were given divine qualities from God for a reason. And it's up to us to unmask that, to set it loose, to untame, as we named it, this man that's inside of us, that is inherently good, that has the ability to protect his family, that has the ability to defend himself and his loved ones, to provide for them and give them the lives that they deserve. And a lot of guys don't know that. A lot of guys, you know, they, they play the lone wolf card. They, they don't know that there are other men out there who are going through the same struggles. At the end of the day, all of us are going through struggles and we want to be the best we can. And men, arguably more so than women need that brotherhood that camaraderie that togetherness that doesn't exist out there so there's a whole lot in what you just said that that we can unpack and i think you know we'll probably have specific episodes in the future about certain parts of that um yeah you, know, you, you brought up the term toxic masculinity and i'm sure we'll touch on this later but that is a term that has bugged me since the first time I heard it. There is, in my mind, there is nothing toxic about masculinity. There's guys who are assholes and give us a bad name and, and, and put that kind of mentality out there, but there's nothing toxic about masculinity. I can't take credit for this. I don't know who it was that said this, but you know, masculinity is kind of equated to me to the uh, the fire axe inside the, the glass casing, right? This is, you know, break the case of fire. Nobody wants it around until they really need it. And then yeah. they really need it. It's definitely something that, that, you know, I want to change that mentality. That's part of the reason why I wanted to do this this podcast with you and get the word out. I think you hit it head on. It's men are divine creations of God, right? Like we are men for a reason. Every man on this earth is a man for a reason. And there's nothing toxic about being a man. It's there are men who make poor choices. There are men who use their emotions, the word I'm looking for, they don't necessarily, they aren't attuned with themselves. They, they lash out and act emotionally and cause, leave destruction in their wake. But at the end you of the just, day. Oh, you just hit ahead. on it though, right? You just hit on it. You, the first, the first words you said were use their emotions. And then you said, let their emotions act out. They don't use their emotions, right? A man uses his emotions. Somebody who is a male but isn't acting like a man allows his emotions to reign him. Yep. And I think that's an important point. Yeah, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, it's 
we've been given all, all these tools and we almost have to wield them and use them carefully. And that takes intentionality, that takes focus, that takes doing your part to be the best that you can be. But as you apply those principles, I mean, I, th I think that's a good question. Maybe Dan, you could talk about this. Obviously you're not, a, you weren't at a point in your life that you are now, what got you here? What led you here? That's a whole long story. Let's see. You know, everyone, everyone who joins the IC talks about accountability. That's, that's part of it, right? I, I was at a point in my life where things were going good. You know, I had wife, I had kids, I had a nice house, uh, good job. And there was no challenge. There was no, nothing holding my feet to the fire to say, you are here. This is the path to become a better everything. I had a good group of friends, but none of my friends were pushing me past that point. We were happy just to, you know, get together on the weekends, hang out at a pool, hang out in somebody's backyard, you know, grilling, having a couple drinks, maybe more than a couple drinks, you know, just, just screwing around, having fun. And, but there was no drive to be better. And, and let me back up there. There's nothing wrong with, you know, hanging out with your buddies and having a good time. But I was not being driven to be a better person. And I knew that there was more in life. I knew that I could have a better marriage, have a better career, have a better relationship with my kids, have a better relationship, you know, be a better man in the community, be, you know, more in shape, et cetera. And I went looking for that. And through a bunch of different events, ended up with the IC, ended up kind of finding a path that works for me. Uh, and this, this is... I love what Ryan's doing. This is not going to be, you know, just a big promo for him. I found a path that works for me and I found a way to grow as a man. And as I did that, I started being exposed to what I'll say are kind of outsider views of what masculinity is and comparing that to where I really want to be as a man. You know, I, I view a man as a rugged individual and that can be viewed many different ways. You know, in the literal sense of just a, a big, rough and tumble person, or in the sense of the, you know someone who has the ability to take hard situations and find a way through them. I want to be both, right? I want to find a way to to be both physically fit and and, and able to protect my family, as well as be mentally fit and, and mentally capable of dealing with adverse situations. So that, that's kind of the path that I've been on and, and, and where I'm, I'm trying to head with all of this. How about you? So I guess the question for you really quickly before I go on to me, yep. was it something where you just kind of woke up one day where you're like, you know, life is good, but there's so much more on the table? Was this a gradual realization? Was it an evolution? Like how did that transition yeah, I don't think yeah. it was, it, it was definitely a gradual thing. It wasn't, you know, any kind of like aha moment. I do remember at the beginning of this kind of thinking about where I came from and, and my my history. So my father is, he was a self-employed plumber for many, many years. You know, he was a very, he still is a very rough, tough guy. And I just felt like I had a very easy life and, and, and I was soft in the sense of, I didn't have to work hard at anything. You know, I wasn't being pushed to work hard at anything. I could coast for the next 40, 50 years and, and have a nice life. But where would I be at that point? 
what would that what would that mean? What would I teach my kids? And it was just kind of a gradual build as I started to think about who I am, what I am, and, and my legacy. Um, I guess as I progressed through that thought process, that kind of led me down this road. So it was almost like a a Teddy Roosevelt realization of needing to have a strenuous life. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, that's a really good way of putting it. He's a pretty interesting character. Like the the choice, the conscious decision to seek out hard things is it was something that made zero sense to me a couple of years ago. And now I, I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I can seek it out. So I guess to to cover my bases as to who I am, where I came from, why I'm here. Maybe if you're listening, you're not familiar with the term nice guy or the book No More Mr. Nice Guy by Dr. Robert Glover. That book and the prototypical quote-unquote nice guy was me to a T. Um, a nice guy, essentially, the, the high-level synopsis of that is it's a guy who is, has been conditioned to believe that he is not okay just as he is through conditioning, through how you're raised by your parents, through environmental things as a kid. So there are a lot of things that went into that. It told me that I was not okay as I was. So the way that I would cope with that is I created this facade and that facade led to a ton of dishonesty. So I got, I had a lot of tumultuous relationships. I met an amazing girl and her and I got married. And then our, our marriage had been hard. I lied to her about big things, about little things. Now, while I was never unfaithful to her, nor will I ever be unfaithful to her, it was not telling her where I was. It was spending money on things that she was unaware of. It was doing things that she did not know about. And that led to a lot of friction. And that friction culminated a few years ago when she came down with cancer. And when that moment hit, I recoiled. I turned into myself rather than leaning into her and supporting her. I fell back into myself, felt sorry for myself and did everything I could to try to be that, that Teflon man, if you will. I mean, that's a term that's used in that book of, I don't, I'm not going to tell you who I am. I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to let you in. That's not what she needed. And that really damaged our marriage. She also found out she had cancer when she was pregnant. So that compounded how difficult that was so our marriage was really hard and essentially hit rock bottom because I couldn't stop being dishonest because I couldn't stop making these choices and I spent all this time trying to do something about it I read books I'd seen a therapist who actually recommended no more Mr. Nice Guy I listened to podcasts I did all these things but I was doing them alone I didn't have I had friends but these friends were not you know they weren't aiming high to achieve great things. They were just having fun, going out to eat, watch movies, you know, complain about work all the time, bitching about life. And then I found the Order of Man podcast and Ryan's message really resonated with me. Um, and then I became interested in joining the group, the Iron Council. For the first time in my life, I had that level of men around me that made me want to be something more. Now, a year prior, after I found out she had cancer, I really focused on getting into the gym, getting myself in shape. So that helped 
but then having that level of mental accountability, that level of mental fortitude and strength that came from a group of brothers who was not only going to hear me out, but also challenge me, tell me things that I needed to hear. That's where things began to change. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that my marriage is perfect, that my life is perfect. We still have bumps and bruises. Um, but I will tell you the trajectory that we've been on in the last year is a direct result from putting myself in a position to not only have men like that around me, but to do everything in my power to make sure that when I'm standing amongst them, I feel as if I'm standing with equals, which, mean, which means to me doing the work. So through working, through working, pushing through myself through hard things, embracing that strenuous life, if you will, um, I've gotten myself in a position where I have an improving marriage. I'm physically in better condition than I've ever been at any point in my life. Uh, my professional career is taking off. Things are working for me because I've done the work and put myself in a position to succeed. It's a long answer, but oh, it's a good story. And, and you know, obviously, I know some of the details in there that yeah. you you uh, you didn't fill in. But I think the important message there is right: doing the work. There's, there's two important things actually that as I was listening to, I was thinking about was one is we've got to do the work. Having the best plans. It doesn't mean shit. We can sit down and we can write the best plan of how to how to solve all of our problems. And unless we are there every single day chipping away at it, it doesn't mean shit. And I've watched you do that work. Um, you know, I, I as part of our group, as uh, over time, I've seen you go from this kind of goofy, just I don't know where I am, kind of trying to figure out what the hell is going on, guy, to a guy who's you know what you want, you know how to get there, and you're working the plan. So kudos to you on that. The other thing that you mentioned in there was uh, vulnerability. And I think that when we talk about masculinity, those two words for a lot of people tend to be at odds for some reason. And I think that as men, we need to know how to use vulnerability to our advantage. Part of the way that you and I use vulnerability to our advantage is as part of a group, we work together to talk about where we're falling down and letting those men in and, and allowing them to help us build a plan to pull ourselves back up and to win the day. I think that vulnerability is very important in the right situations. And it has to be being vulnerable with other men as a man, I think is something that is looked at as weak and I don't think that could be further from the truth. Yeah. I mean, think of, I mean, if you think about it, there's so many men out there where the term vulnerability seems taboo, right? Like I've got stuff figured out. I got my life put together, but at the end of the day, we can't do it alone. Men, if a, if a man were meant to be the, the lone wolf, as everybody likes to, to claim as the ideal man, wouldn't we be solitary creatures to begin with? The entire construct of society is built on the concept of families and groups. Men have it never at any point in history ever meant to be alone. And because of that, we can't figure stuff out alone. We can't go through life alone. And life kicks us in the balls sometimes. I mean, we have men in our battle team who have gone through some very heavy things. Divorce. Um, sickness, losing their jobs, having to move to different states, being on the verge of financial collapse, all of these things 
And the way that they've been able to get through them is by realizing I cannot do this alone. That requires vulnerability. And vulnerability requires humility. That's a really hard thing for men to reconcile. But to your point, it is the most crucial thing that a man can do to realize I don't have the strength to do this alone. What can I do? Who can I reach out to to help me get through this? So we have obviously hit on a lot of topics that we are going to expand on in the future here, right? You and I could probably sit here for hours and talk about this stuff just because it fascinates us. I suggest that we wrap this one up and move on to the next episodes down the road. Yeah. And I'd invite you guys to connect with us. We're very social creatures. I've got Instagram, Facebook, all of the above. And we're really looking forward to this. What's really exciting is I do believe that Dan has the ability to really draw out very powerful conversation just through the act of listening. And I'd like to think that I could do the same. So we're hoping that as you listen to this, you can garner some wisdom. And at the end of the day, let's not be content zombies. Let's, let's take what we hear here, apply it into our lives and act. That's what we're really going to strive to do in this podcast is invite you to act and make those changes in your life for yourself because that's what's going to help you become who you want to be is through dedicated, focused action. That's a great point. I think that's a great way to end it. All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate you listening to the uh, first episode.